Welcome to the Rockin' Life podcast, Rockin' Life After Divorce. And today we have Matina Singh here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. That is awesome. So you've gone through divorce yourself about five years ago, and you help women overcome the hardship of breakup and divorce and uh, to step in their powers, mastering their self-image and your own divorce journey left you scattered in a way. And uh, you're going to share a little bit about that, but you were determined to build a better life for yourself and your children. You have three kids, right? That's right. Yeah. I went through a divorce myself about five years ago. It was the most difficult journey on my life. But I also think that this can be a catalyst for anybody listening and to make this the stepping point for an amazing life to go forward. And uh, I truly believe that. Now, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to do yourself. So you really need help. For example, a coach like Matina or awesome friends and the counselors, mentors around you. That's one of the most important things. And that's why I have this podcast, to bring hope to people. That's why I started the podcast, to help people. And I get so many comments all the time from people listening that uh, got a hope to be able to see that there is actually hope and a light in the end of the tunnel. Because for me, it was so hard when I was in it. Like the first year, I felt like I wasn't moving. It was like like sitting still and it was like a fog. I'm trying to explain it to people, but it was very difficult to move through this. And that's when you need to have people around you to help you along and help you see the bigger picture. So many people, they say, wow, to hear these people's stories, that's, I think, so powerful. To hear somebody that, like you, Matina, you have gone through this divorce and how did you do it and what happened? And I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story. Yes, I would love to share. Like you said, divorce is a difficult chapter of your life, but it doesn't define you. And it does not make you uh, any less of a person. It's not a life sentence. It's a chapter. Yeah. You have to treat it as a chapter. When we think because there is divorce, our life ends, it that is what keeps us actually in a very painful state for a longer period of time than anything else. So with that said, though, my story is very interesting. It has highs and lows. And about a year after I'd left my unhealthy marriage, I remember sitting in my living room and I knew my kids were peacefully up- sleeping upstairs. And I was just taking in the silence. And all I could think about was, I'm not happy. And who am I to take the kids away from their father? The abuse wasn't that bad. I should have stayed. Or maybe that he was right, that I wasn't good enough. And all these beliefs were very heavy on me. And I felt overwhelmed and I felt I couldn't really show up for them in a way that I know I can show up. And in that, I also realized, even though it was already a year that I had left him, I was been so consumed with the financial strain, with the doc, with the lawyers and with taking care of my kids, being a mom and taking care of everything else that I did not take care of myself. I was draining myself emotionally. When I went to see my doctor, we agreed upon getting therapy. But the waiting time for the therapy was about a year. Wow. And I knew I could not wait that long. 
And I knew something had to change from within me. So at that time, at that time, I decided I'm going to take the maps in my own hands and I'm going to find ways that will help me through this path and create a life of abundance. This only came because I stepped into self-development. I looked and went in the journey of the inwards. I did not run from my emotions. I stepped into my emotions. And through that pathway, through so many different courses that I've done, seminars that I attended, and thousands of dollars after, I now stand strong on my own. Yeah. And I stand strong on my own because I did the inner work. Now, instead of saying I should have stayed, I say to myself, my kids and myself deserve a happy, healthy home. Instead of thinking that I'm not good enough, I know that my presence is a privilege and I show up that way. And instead of thinking that doing things for myself is selfish, I step into that. And I do things for myself because when I am happy, I'm able to create that happiness around me. And those are very important changes, shifts that you make within yourself to make you realize how beautiful life actually is and can be. And I find with not only my clientele or people I come across or talk to, we get so consumed by all these negative Negativity that not only yourself are saying to yourself, but our other people are telling you too. Yeah. And, and that on its own can bring you down faster. Yeah. I usually say you really want to surround yourself with people that you want to become because you're usually, you say that you become like your five closest friends. Yes. And uh, there are definitely some people that I had to distance myself from during the divorce and, uh, and afterwards that I realized this is not healthy for me and um, not cut them out, but to definitely reduce the time with these people and uh, to have people that really want the best for you and believe in you and, and can also speak into your life and be somebody that can call you out on, uh, as well on your BS sometimes because it, it is a roller coaster. And to have an awesome friend doesn't always just agree with you. It, it's a, where you can share things, but that when they realize, okay, now you're actually threading in, a, in water that's not healthy. And when you start, when you're in this difficult path, you can have periods when it's like a low point and to have a, a possibility to kind of have somebody else to speak into your life. Oh, absolutely. And it's very important what you just said, because... Regardless if those friends and family members who have perhaps the best intent for you, they're speaking from their own truth. Yeah. Their truth does not need to be your truth. Yeah. I faced a lot of people who came to me and said, you are scarring your kids for life. Your kids will never be happy. You will face this in the future. And this is going to be all on you. In my strongest moments, I was brushing these comments off as if it's just nothing. Yeah. And in my weakest moments, those comments came back to haunt me because now I am doubting myself and I am doubting what I stood up for, knowing really well that what I stood up for was right. Yeah. But there's just this uncertainty that you take on from other people because 
sometimes people have not done it in their own life. So they don't understand how someone else can do it in their lives. And sometimes it's just this fear that holds you back in an unhealthy situation, but you don't realize how much of that unhealthiness your kids are learning. Yeah. And how much they're yeah. adapting to that this is what a relationship looks like. And I did not want that for my children. I did not want them to see the type of relationship that I had that was the norm because it wasn't. Yeah. So in your divorce, what was the most difficult part of it to navigate? And did you get help to navigate through those issues? Or how did you kind of like move through? Because I had such a hard time initially get traction, get started in this journey. It took me probably about a year. And then now when I look back, I see the progress I made. But when I was in it, it was so hard. The first year for me just flew by. Because you're yeah. so consumed with everything you have to arrange, right? Because yeah. you go from one household to two households. And when I did that, I was facing a lot of pushback. And I had to make sure that all, everything was set up for the law. Everything was set up for financials. And everything was set up for the kids. That I didn't take the time for myself. Yeah. And after that year, after that realization that I was draining myself and I was not showing up and not enjoying my presence and my present moment, I knew that something needed to change. And in that, I really consciously made a decision to look into self-development and look into the different pathways that are available. But like you mentioned before, we don't need one tool or one method we need an army of people you need to have the right lawyer you need to have the right therapist counselor coach friends family and indeed all of these people should listen to you and have that open ear and give you that space to breathe and then also call upon your bullshit like you said yeah <laughs> that is when you are vulnerable, when you are so in that hardship and heartfelt moment of, oh, my God, what am I doing? Or did I do the right thing? Or should I have stayed? Because that was a big thing for me. Should I have stayed? Yeah. I knew the right answer to that was no. But I also knew that there were so many emotions, mixed emotions, that were in the way of that yeah. So with that, I know for me personally, this was the third time and the time that I actually left. Okay. When you are in an unhealthy situation or there is abuse involved, and regardless if that's emotional, physical, financial, neglect, there's different type of abuse. And not one of them is right. No, exactly. And it took me the longest time to say this out loud that I faced abuse. Yeah. And when I said it, it almost was as if I was letting go, as if this power, this beautiful energy was just taking over and all that hurtful emotions were was able to just float away. And you have to sometimes recognize what you do but a very big part of it is forgiveness. Yeah, I'd love to speak into that 
I think I've also interviewed a few other coaches and uh, that's pretty much a theme in the recovery of uh, going through the forgiveness. And I think for me, it was very crucial to uh, be able to forgive and go on and live not in the past, but live now in the present. It's so easy to get the things that are when you're hurt that you keep. I usually take the example of I'm from Sweden and we have a lot of snow there. And then you can make a snowball on the top of the hill. And then as that rolls down the hill, it becomes bigger and bigger layer. And it's similar as uh, unforgiveness. When you can't forgive, when you don't deal with the unforgiveness, these things that you feel that somebody else has caused. And if you haven't decided, it's a decision, I feel. Forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. And the the feeling will come, but uh, a lot of times it won't come right away. It'll come later, but it's for you that I I feel that I have to forgive to go on. And uh, I'd love to, if you speak into that and how you help people take that step, because it's so common with people I interview, and especially in these divorce groups, so much hatred towards your ex and a parent of so much unforgiveness. So how do you, how did you deal with it? And how do you help your, your clients deal with that? So I'll speak into how I dealt with it because forgiveness is a two-way street. And I don't mean that a two-way street that you give and you get, no. A two-way street in the sense of you have to forgive the other party, but more than that, you have to forgive yourself. Yeah. And I had to own my role in that relationship. Yeah. I had to own the person I was becoming in that relationship. And I had to call my own bullshit about it. And I find when you start this this process of forgiving, it's not about the other person at all. No. It's all about you. Yeah. And I remember really well one protection mechanism, if you want to call so, that I had taken on for myself was yelling. I felt I had to yell to make sure that I was heard. Yeah. And I've been doing that for the last few years in my relationship. That when I left that relationship, that mechanism was still operating unconsciously that I had to stop and say to myself, no, it's not needed anymore. It's okay. I can be who I am. I can come back to me. I can go back to the person that I truly am. And I can let go of that. I don't need that. That does not align with me. And when you recognize, and the very first thing is always awareness. When you recognize that this is what I did in these type of situations, then you can go to the next step. Okay, I, I, I am aware now. How am I going to take myself out of it? And I consciously made a choice of taking myself out that I was going to do a parenting course because I did not want to yell at my kids. I want to be loving, caring, fun mom and, and not the crazy person. So how do you get back to that? And and I just take on different things. I learn the methods of others who have done it, who are doing it beautifully and bring it in my own world. So 
So that was the very first thing for me to recognize everything that I had to forgive myself. But sometimes forgiveness comes in these very small moments. And these very small moments is who were you in the last years of your relationship? What did you like about it? And what did you not like about it? Yeah. And make a list. This list is not for anyone else to see. It's for yourself. But when you get that on paper, you're making yourself aware. And you're making yourself in, in a, you're putting yourself in a moment of success. Because you'll be able to let that go. And you'll be able to hold on to all those beautiful things that you want to hold on to. I know in my relationship, I did everything that I could have done to save it. Yeah. I know in my relationship that I did everything lovingly, givingly, without the expectations. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong. And I'm very blunt and honest, and I find <laughs> that my strength. Yeah. And some people see it as a weakness. Well, that's great, but that's your story. Yeah. I, I will hold on to my honesty. I will hold on to my truth. And if I decide that truth, that bluntness is my strength, then I am writing it on the things that I want to continue to hold on to for the future. And anything that doesn't serve me or I didn't feel that connected or aligned with my values, I'm going to let go of. And that beauty is just that strength of going through this process is so powerful that you can't finger point on what the ex did, didn't do, how they showed up, how they didn't show up. Once you've gone through this self-healing process and forgiving yourself for what you did, now you can look back and say, okay, this person chose to show up in a certain way. That has to do with them. Yeah. You have to distance yourself. You don't have to. See, oftentimes we are combining it. We are saying like, he, how could he or she do, do this to me? So you're attaching yourself, your own value to what someone else is doing. Whereas someone else is their own human being. They're their own strength. They, are the, they have their own powers just as much as you have your own powers. Yeah. And just as much as you are your own person. Making nobody right or wrong, but both of you have had different upbringings, different cultures sometimes, different environments. When you merge into a relationship, what often happens is we are giving our, the best of ourselves in the beginning of the relationship. And throughout the years, it's almost this expectancy yeah. for the other person to do things. You take it for given. And I, I'm for marriage myself, but there are definitely drawbacks with marriage, especially if you don't nurture the relationship and you take it for given when you enter into a, a marriage and a, a long-term commitment. And that happens. And that happens because from what I have seen personally and what I've heard around me is we are this best person we want to be. We are exciting. We are giving. We are nurturing. We, are, we take the other person in account. 
But once we have the ring on the finger, we think we can take off our crown, we can stop pretending, we can take off all those things, and now we can be, just be and hang and ease in. And that happens on both sides. Yeah. But women don't dress up anymore. They don't take the men for granted. They take the men for granted. They they don't take them out anymore. They don't do something fun or sexy or special for them anymore. Whereas the men get into this providing mechanism and try to provide for the household, provide for the vacations where they don't aren't necessarily present. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I can see that in my own relationship for 20 years where I felt a lot like uh, my ex-wife was very much into the kids and I became a side wheel. And I know there are reasons for that. We had medical issues. We had a bunch of fear in our relationship towards the end. And it's important to be able to communicate, to do a checkup on the relationship and, and be present. It's so easy to get bogged down in these issues, etc., and not being able to resolve them. Mm-hmm. When you went through the divorce and afterwards, what was the biggest learnings you did in this process about yourself? Areas that you have discovered. For me, it was my ex-wife told me many times that I wasn't uh, real. I had these masks up. And I know that uh, I'd, I had a lot of masks up. I pretended in some ways and pretended to have a good marriage in church, but where we didn't, etc. And uh, I dealt with a lot of uh, shame and having to deal with that. But to be able to move through that, for me, was instrumental. It's one of the best things that's happened in my relationship is to become real, being able to be vulnerable and share things like this. This, for me, was impossible to share just five years ago, going Mm -hmm. through a divorce, just being able to talk to other people and, and sharing my hurt. How about you? Is there anything that you stand out for you? I think there's a power in sharing. Yeah. There's a definitely a power in sharing. And I know for myself after, so I decided to go back to work seven months after having my daughter, even though you get a full year of mat leave here in Canada, I decided to go back earlier. Yeah. And I was in a work environment that gave me that distraction and it gave me something to do other than to think about myself. And I needed that in, the, in that moment because I was driving myself crazy with too much thinking and less doing. So I needed to structure my energy in other ways to go through that process. But through it, I had a one, one colleague who was going through something similar. And with talking to her, sharing the stories, being vulnerable, two things happened. One, it was bringing back all those negative emotions from the past. So that taught me that I still had a lot to resolve still. And two, I could connect with someone who understood me. Yeah. And I didn't have to pretend and I didn't have to hold that mask up for others to show that I am great. I am happy. I'm doing it all. No, it's hard. And you're saying it really well that we do put masks up and we do protect ourselves thinking that if we show our true colors, 
that people won't accept us. Yeah. I, throughout my journey, see, the reason why it took me three times before I actually left my marriage was because I did not want to put my parents through that shame. And in my culture, divorce is not endorsed at all. Yeah. In my culture, in my family, nobody had done it. So I was going to be the first one. How can you? How? And all these things that I was putting on myself. And I, I remember very clearly that I thought that if I shared it with my parents or my sisters, they would see me as less. See and tell me that I didn't make something work. Yeah. I was absolutely 120% blessed. The opposite happened. When I told my parents, they were the first ones to say, we support you no matter what. That's awesome. Do, do you. Yeah. And that just allows all this pressure to go away again. Yeah. And my sister stood by me like rocks. Like, you are not going to fall down. We're going to make sure of it. And I got multiple phone calls every single day and checking in on me. And it's hard when you are in a different country and, and they, you don't have that loving hug or presence right next to you. But I got way much stronger due to it. And I definitely realized what true family is all about. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, going through a divorce. It's, it's very crucial to have both family members and friends that you reach out to. And uh, to be able to, uh, I don't think you should uh, share all the details with uh, a lot of people, but I think it's important to be able to have one or two persons that you can talk to and uh, really have some, you know, people that are listening. And two of the most important people in my life were people that actually gone through divorce themselves because they could understand me. I didn't feel like a lot of other people or a few people that I shared with really understood me. I couldn't really connect with them in a, in a way. They listened, but I didn't feel that they understood me. And I think that's very crucial going through this process to have a couple of people that you can talk to, you can be open to, and not necessarily solve your problems, but just being there for you. And Yes, uh, absolutely. And I was, honestly, I was... Just- I don't know what higher power was looking out for me. I believe in God personally. So for me, it was really present that it was okay. It was time. And somehow everything just aligned for me. My friends helped me move out like a heartbeat. They helped me settle in my new place. And they knew I just had a baby. So they didn't want me to travel. So I was being brought stuff. And I was just like, wow. Just wow, like I never thought I would be surrounded with so much love and attention that I was. Yeah. And it just made me realize how beautiful it is when you stand true to yourself. Yeah. And for me, my counselor, because I, I went through a lot of loneliness, and I think maybe it's more prevalent for guys especially when you for example for me i didn't see my kids for months sometimes because of a lot of uh, strife etc and that was so hard when you're thrown out you you, you've been married for 20 years and you have a family unit and suddenly you're just 
by yourself, having to deal with that loneliness and depression. And so many people go through suicidal thoughts, etc. And uh, my counselor said, just reach out to a few people you trust and talk to them. And I didn't want to be bothered for people, but my counselor said, ask them to call you. And just share that right now, For it was probably for six months that I had several people just contact me. I asked them to call me uh, because I didn't want to call them and just bother them. That was beautiful to have people really caring for you when you go through strife. And for guys out there, please ask for help. I, th- I know it's difficult sometimes to ask for help, but reach out to the people that I know that you have people out there that care for you. And uh, also getting a counselor and a coach, it's okay to get help. It's wisdom to ask for help. 100%. I so love how you said that it's okay to ask for help. Sometimes all they need to hear is that there is hope. And you're providing that right now with your podcast. And there are so many resources out there that when you look into it, you'll be blown away what other people have gone through, overcome, and how they're living a beautiful, healthy life right now. And that on its own is a testament that you can do it too. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted you to share a little bit about how you help women. You currently are doing this, helping women through divorce. And for example, if you have somebody listening right now that are just starting the divorce process, how can you help them? So for me, my ideal client or the people that I guide and help are not the ones who are going through the divorce process right now. Yeah. I focus on women who have gone through the divorce process and they're already maybe perhaps a year in. And as divorce doesn't end in yeah. a, within a year, sometimes yeah. it takes two to three years, if not more. So I am there for women who are ready to let go and step into themselves yeah. and are and don't want to keep themselves down because of something that happened in the past. And I've spoken with women who've gone through a divorce 10 years later, but they're still stuck in something that was said at the time that they left, that they could not let go of fully. And through that conversation, we make that breakthrough happen and we make that change happen for themselves. And I I call myself blessed that they are so vulnerable and open to sharing and open to changing. The way that I work with women is in three process. I have a three-step process. The first one is reflection. Like I shared before, I found my power when I became aware of what it is that I did. So we reflect back on the past relationship and we, re- we look at what did you do? How did you show up? What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? And then you can look at the other coin. How did the other person show up? What did they do that you did? What did they do that you didn't like? And from that place, now you can define your value. What is it that you really are looking for in a relationship? What values are something that you will not settle on? For me, one of those values is honesty. If there isn't honesty in that relationship, then that relationship can't exist. Yeah. If you can't respect me, I can't respect you, 
then that can't, it can't exist. And open communication and vulnerability are things that I have learned through my journey that are very important. And when you talk to your partner about your feelings, it's not about you made me feel this. No, it's about I feel this way when you do that. How can we make this better? Now you're opening up doors. Instead of saying you did this, then you're closing it up. You want, don't want to have a closed door. You want to have an open door. And I take them through this reflection phase, and we really go through five different tools that help them gain that clarity. Once you have that clarity, now you can reset. You can reset your life into anything and everything that you want. I love so that. You're going, to, you're going to define what is it that you want in your new partner? Yeah. How does this per- person show up for you? Yeah. How do you show up for this person? Who do you have to become to be in that beautiful relationship that you're looking for? And look into the different ways of, okay, so you know who you want to be, who you want the other person to be. What needs to happen right now to make that happen? And when you're resetting, it's not only about that relationship. It's also about what type of a career do you want? What type of relationship do you want with your children, with your colleagues, with your friends, with your family, with your career, everything? Define it all. So once you have that clarity and you know where you're heading, the only thing that's remaining is reclaiming that life. Yeah, I think clarity in, in all areas of life is crucial. You know, it, It's in your personal life, in your business life, etc. to have that clarity. And this sets you up for a good future if you know what you want, if you have the clarity, your core values. A lot of times when you jump into a relationship too early, I think, I know you're not dating right now. I just started dating five years down the road. But when you know what you want, when you're not in this needy, initially I started dating the first year because I was just lonely out of the wrong reason. And you need to know what you want, what is, and, and to start dating when you're ready and when you know you have the clarity. I think that's so crucial because this sets you up for a win in the future. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I really yeah. like that. Now, do you work with people individually or in group or both? I have both. I have both systems set up. It really depends on the person. Sometimes people just want to have their privacy. They just want to talk in private and they want to have that conversation with me and really talk about how they can go from point A to point B. So what I have is a transformational package, which is for six weeks. In those six weeks, at the beginning of those six weeks, we're going to define a goal that you want to hit. And I am going to give you all the tools, the techniques, and the push to make sure that in those six weeks, you hit that goal. But alongside of what we're working towards, I'm going to give you my book. I'm going to give you my course. I'm going to give you the tools that I used to get to where I am today. And where I am living a life that is aligned with my values, where I'm living a life where I can provide these beautiful vacations for my children. We go out, we have fun. We we are silly in the house. We have so much laughter in this house. And that fuels me. And that gives me energy. And those things, that's what's important to me. But what is important to you? And let's go through that process where you can reclaim your life. Because sometimes what happens is, 
you might think that you need to have that you need to you're already over it i don't have to talk about him anymore i'm already over him i just want to help to get myself set up but when you start talking and you hear a lot of that come back and that there is a connection there and that is has to be processed and that's the deeper level of communicating and going through a process so that is one the one thing that I do and then of course I have masterminds with beautiful women and we all connect on a regular basis and have an open conversation of connection you have a Q&A I can answer questions how did we go through it but then the power of this collaboration is that I can share my story but there's someone else who had dealt with it in a different way and that's her story and she can share hers so when beautiful stories of strength come together, magic happens. Yeah. And how many people are usually in these masterminds? I keep a very small, 10. Okay, 10. That's very good. I think that's awesome to have a mastermind where you can share and where you can be open with each other and uh, help each other grow. I think that's crucial to have this community of people that you know and get to know. And this is probably an opportunity for people to get to know other people too that are going through the same process, the same difficulties, and that support each other. I think that's totally beautiful. You create beautiful friendships out of this. Yeah, exactly. Now, I I had a quick question regarding what what is the reason why you start helping people like after a year? Is there a specific reason for that? And what should you do prior to uh, you helping them out at, like a year later after the divorce. Do you understand my question? So I have people who are already, who are still in the divorce phase and yeah. who reach out and want to have help. The one crucial question I ask them is, are you ready to work on yourself? Okay, I understand. When you are going through a divorce, there's a lot of things that are happening and unknown around you. Until you're ready to work on yourself, because it, as it's a commitment. We can't just do it, decide we're going to do it today and not tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't take much time, but it takes awareness. Yeah. And I have no problem in taking on clients who are right in the midst of their divorce journey. But they have to decide that they're ready to take time for themselves. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand the reason. not about anyone else. Yeah, you, you really have to be able to put in the work to, to, be, to be open, but also to have set aside time for it. Yes, and, absolutely. Um, so absolutely. And honestly, if you can't put one hour a week for you, what type of a life are you living, truly? Yeah, exactly. So this has been so nice to hang out with you. We round off the podcast and just... If you have a couple of minutes to just speak into somebody's life and some wisdom from you, you've gone through divorce, I've gone through divorce, what would that be for somebody that's listening right now to bring hope to them, but also to to bring, bring some wisdom? What would you say to them now? The biggest wisdom that I can give you, and that was my tipping point, is to sit in silence with your thoughts. Take that time. Put off that light and just allow the thoughts to come. When you allow your thoughts to come, you are actually not running away from them. You're dashing through them. 
And once you're done with this process, this can be every night for five minutes, guys. Do this every night for five minutes. After those five minutes, write down every single thought you had, the healthy ones and the unhealthy ones. Because let's face it, we are the hardest on ourselves than anyone else. The things that we say to ourselves, we would not even say to our best friend, but we are comfortable saying it to ourselves. So when you are aware of these thoughts, now you have the power to change them and change your life. That's great. And journaling, you're, you're sharing about writing things down. That was actually something that I started doing. I had done it before, but not on, on a very regular basis. But journaling was one of the most important things that I started doing throughout the divorce, to write down your thoughts, being aware. And um, you don't necessarily have to go and, and reread all these things, but just putting it on a paper is power in that. And just writing down, it brings clarity, like you said before, to bring clarity to things. And sometimes you're surprised when you read it while you're writing it. Oh, wow. It's like, uh, it's really cool. So journaling, I think it's definitely one of the keys to move through this divorce in a good way. And having people around you, having stillness, like you said, my life was way, way too busy. And not being able to spend time on myself, by myself, is crucial. So... I am so happy to have had the uh, opportunity to speak with you and hang out with you and talking and uh, sharing and being a little bit of a detective and, and finding <laughs> out the, the gold nuggets in your life and your journey. And that's uh, it's a lot of fun. And that's what this podcast is about. If you, a listener right now, have maybe been encouraged, and please tell us your experiences and I'd love to hear your questions too. If it's other things you want to hear on the podcast, questions you want me to ask. So you can send the questions to rockinlifepodcast at gmail.com. You can also go down in the bottom of the podcast in the, the notes and you can click on the link there and, and leave an audio question as well. Uh, I'd love to hear your input and see what you think about the podcast and uh, getting all this feedback is so nice. And I really want the best for you. I want these stories to be an encouragement for you to bring hope that there is a light in the end of the tunnel. It's not the misery that sometimes you can think and get stuck in. So I believe in you. So that's uh, come to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us, uh, Martina. Thank you for having me. I'd love to hear from you. You all take care. <laughs>